The following podcast is a deep, shallow dive production. Okay, let's go. everybody tuesday december 12th good to be back and yeah i think i think yesterday's episode talking about health was a good break from talking about the craziness that's going on in this world which i've been doing consistently now for gosh coming up on 90 days so anyway got a lot of great questions and so i'm going to start out today really kind of doing a little bit of a follow-up and continuation of yesterday's talk because there were a few things that I left out and then a few things that I wanted to clarify. All right, starting off, you know, we talked a lot about inflammation yesterday and, you know, inflammation, again, is the best way to think about it is swelling and it's caused when there's toxicity in your body. You know, the word toxic, obviously, not not it, it does not, only apply to the environment on Twitter and social media. Shucky ducky. God, man, that, that, that environment is toxic though. Good Lord. But you know, toxicity really is the easiest way to think about it is it's kind of the, the cleanliness inside your body. You know, how much is your body in an alkaline state, meaning that it is not trending more acidic so if you think about acid and then you think about alkaline, whether it's alkaline water, you know, basically alkaline is a more, I guess, less inflamed or non-inflamed state. That's an easy way to think about it. And so, you know, our body's natural pH, the natural pH of the human body ranges between like 7.35 to 7.45 obviously 7.4 being the average. And so, you know, when they talk about alkalining your body, it's really talking about increasing the pH of your body. And then that way you're, you're removing acidity, acidity. So when again, your pH goes up eight, nine, it doesn't really go up that high though. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but basically just know that you want the pH of your body, you know, to go higher and then that way, you know, you are driving out the acidity in your body. And then again, when you talk about acidity, really, you're talking about driving out toxicity in the body. And that toxicity, I mean, honestly, it comes from what you put in your body. This is really not rocket science. It's really not rocket science. It's like what you put in is kind of what you get out, just like a car. I'll give you an example. I used to have a Saab convertible with actually the greatest license plate probably ever, even better than my Boost license plates now. But the license plate for my Saab, which is spelled S-A-A-B, you remember those cars, was Wasab, W-A-S-A-A-B, as in Wasab. That was pretty creative. It really was. I think I got stopped at almost... 10,000 lights or in the street and people are like, dude, that license plate is hilarious. And it was hilarious. But one time, like a dumb A-double-S, I wasn't paying attention when I was at a gas station and I put diesel fuel into my Saab. Not a lot. I literally only had it maybe two or three gallons. And then I realized, oh my God, I put the wrong fuel in. I put, I put the diesel, the green pump, which by the way, do not ever shove that green that green thing that green gas pump into your 
into your tank unless your car is diesel, which most are not. But, you know, I only put a couple gallons in and I was like, okay, that's, I'm sure it'll be fine. I then poured regular gas on top of it thinking, okay, maybe his stuff can't be that different. Maybe it'll dilute it. And sure enough, I turned the car on. I drove about 50 feet and stutter, stutter, stutter. It would not drive anymore. I had to get it towed to the Saab dealership. $1,200 later, they drained the gas tank, which I think was quite excessive for that, for that task. But, you know, I learned a valuable lesson. But anyway, that's what the human body is. You know, what you put in is kind of what you're going to get. And so that's why, like I talked about yesterday, you know, being aware and tracking your intake, you know, tracking your weight, tracking even how you feel in your pants. You know, if there's certain if there's certain clothes that that you love, you know, just gauging your weight by how you feel when you button those things up and all that. It's really important. It's really important. And like I said, the goal is to, you know, drive acidity out of your body and alkaline your body. Now, a lot of things have come up consumer products wise to try to do this. You know, the biggest is probably alkaline water. You know, you'll see these waters that have like pH 9, 9 plus, 12 plus, all this and so you think to yourself, oh my God, I'll just drink a ton of that high pH water and that'll really make me super healthy. But it doesn't. It's all just kind of a marketing scam. And here's why. Whatever pH your bloodstream and your body is at, let's say your body is at 7.4 pH. If you drink alkaline water that supposedly, and again, by the way, the bottled water industry is such an overall scam, it's ridiculous you know, who it's not regulated enough to truly know if the claims they're making on those, those water products are, are even valid, but let's say it's valid. Let's say you have a water that's nine plus pH. Well, as soon as that water hits your bloodstream, it automatically basically gets taken down to the pH of your body to that 7.4. So it's not that the water is going to take your body pH up. Your body pH is basically bringing that water down. So anyway, I did want to kind of touch on toxicity a little bit and touch on this concept of pH. The other thing I forgot to talk about yesterday was, you know, this whole concept of cleansing and, and doing cleanses for your body, whether that's a tea cleanse, they've come out with like soup cleanses, you know, there's all kinds of quote unquote cleansing things. And to be honest with you, I have researched this a lot. I actually back in 2013, 2014, I've talked about this before when I was a big fresh vegetable juicer. Actually, I referred to myself as the everyday juicer. I did so much research on juicing, which I'll talk about in a second, juicing of fresh vegetables and then a little bit of fruits. But I also did a ton of research on this cleanse concept. And, and I'm telling you, all these cleanse products, teas, you know, soups, whatever, it's all, this is all just marketing. This is all just marketing. The, the best, and quite frankly, in my opinion, the only way to cleanse your body is to sweat it out. You've got to sweat it out. You know, sweating is incredibly healthy. You know, ironically, I do know some people who just do not sweat and they're actually very healthy. So they are a little bit of an anomaly. But overall, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of sweating. And I'll share with you how I sweat. Obviously, you know, you've got your regular 
things that just contribute to sweat, like when you're outside on a hot day, you know, doing doing sports, running around, cutting the grass, whatever it is that you're doing. But embrace the sweat. Seriously, embrace the sweat. Now, here's something I do. I literally do, and gosh, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, believe it or not. But I literally wear these, uh, gosh, these like plastic suits. They almost look like garbage bags. I buy them at Walmart and at Amazon. I'll actually find the ones I buy and I'll put links in the show notes. But I buy these plastic suits. A lot of times wrestlers used to use these to cut weight before wrestling matches when they needed to like sweat out a lot. But I buy these things. I don't wear the pants. That's a little much. It's uncomfortable. But I do wear the top. So I wear the top. I wear a long sleeve t-shirt over it. I do have like one of those neoprene sweat belts. So like those big, you know, 12 inch thick belts that wraps around your stomach. So I wear, I wear my garbage bag sweatsuit. I wrap that neoprene thing around my stomach. I wear a long sleeve t-shirt so I don't look like a total freak when I'm running around my neighborhood. And I go for a run. I pretty much run five to six days a week. And I don't run very far, you know, two and a half to three miles, you know, decent pace. Most of the time I'm literally listening to myself and listening to this podcast. So yeah, that makes me weird. I know it is what it is, but Hey, you got to listen. You got to listen. You got to see how I can make these things better on a daily basis. But when I run with that sweatsuit, I call it my fat suit. It's kind of a joke I have with my friends and people that know me. But when I run with the fat suit, I mean, if there ever was a time for me to use the phrase, it's insane, it is insane how much I sweat. When I take that thing off, it is as if I had jumped in a pool. I weigh myself a lot of times, not every day, but on hot days when I'm curious, I will weigh myself before the run and after the run, and I will have sweat out two to three pounds weight difference. So obviously all that is water that I've sweat out. So you're talking about 32 to 48 ounces of water that I've sweat out. I immediately, when I get back, I do replenish that right away so I don't dehydrate myself. So I replenish that water right away with with really just a big glass of water. You know, a lot of times I'll take my Boost Liquid Vitamin there because I know my body is like completely, not completely, but deplenished of water. And so I like to put the good stuff right in and get down to the cellular level. And by having the liquid version of that, you know, does accomplish that. But... I feel like a million bucks. I mean, I feel like a million bucks. It is not only the best remedy for a hangover, which by the way, for me these days is like once in a blue moon because I really don't drink much anymore, but it's a great remedy for a hangover. And then overall, you just feel great. You literally feel great because you've sweat out all those toxins. Now, when I say I lose two to three pounds, again, I'm not talking about, this isn't a sustainable fat loss. That's literally water weight. I put it right back in by replenishing water. But again, you are sweating out any residual toxins that are in your body. And so I forgot to talk about this yesterday. I did want to cover it. You know, the concept of sweating, the concept of toxicity, 
The other great way to sweat is if you do belong to a gym and they have a, a dry sauna, I highly recommend the dry sauna. I highly recommend the dry sauna. I do not recommend the steam room. I think the steam room, first of all, most of them are not, not really, they're kind of gross. And then secondly, you know, there's a lot of studies about how that wet steam, when it goes over your lungs, actually potentially causes lung damage in a long-term basis. I don't know if that's true or not, but for some reason, I just don't like it in there. And I do think that there is something potentially not healthy about, you know, taking that, that wet air basically and taking that into your body over your lungs. But the dry sauna is amazing. If you can either start your workout or end your workout with 10 or 15 minutes in that dry sauna. That's fantastic. Personally, what I do most of the time is I start my workout with that. I'll, I'll go in there fully clothed with my workout gear and I don't wear shoes, but I wear my workout gear in there. And then it really like gets me sweating. And then when I come out of the dry sauna, I go right onto the treadmill and I mean, it's like, it's crazy. It's like hyper intensifies the sweat, especially when I do, you know, the incline that I talked about yesterday, where I do a little bit of interval training on the incline. But again, in a nutshell, I did want to summarize that. And I did forget to talk about that yesterday, but I truly, truly believe in sweating. You have to get your body to sweat however you can to do that. Obviously, through exercise is fantastic. If that's not happening, if you have the ability to use the dry sauna at your gym, I highly recommend that because, like I said, I personally feel, and I've talked to some, I've talked to some real experts on this over the years, and and they all they all agree. They all say that you know the best detoxification is sweating. All right, the second clarity clarification point from yesterday that I wanted to talk about, because I did have a few people say, Hey, you know, do I really need to buy a Fitbit or buy an Apple watch or get a fitness tracker? I mean, I, I do have my phone on me on person most of the day. So can I just use that? And again, this is what I forgot to say yesterday. You know, the main reason I like having a Fitbit or any type of fitness tracker on my wrist is uh, to be honest, not even so much the accuracy of the step count. Obviously, I love the fact that it also tracks my sleep, but it's the accountability of the step count, okay? So the accountability I have to myself to move and to take steps simply because this thing is on my wrist. For example, I'm literally looking at it right now. You know, if there was a way for me to 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 record this podcast by walking around, I would, but I'm sitting at a microphone and my computer. But I will tell you one other thing I've added to my regimen is if I need to take, you know, a few different calls that I'm not as worried about maybe a little bit of ambient noise, or let's say I'm, I'm catching up with a couple friends or I do this a lot with my mom, to be honest with you. Don't tell her, don't tell her this. But when I'm talking to my mom at nights, you know, I'll I'll go for a walk around my neighborhood. I'll put my AirPods in. And instead of just sitting there talking to my mom, I'll literally go for a walk around the neighborhood talking to my mom. I've even had times where I just walk around my house talking to my talking to somebody, whether it's my mom or my brother or you know, whoever whomever. So you know, that concept of getting steps in whenever you can 
And the reason that I like having this thing on my wrist is accountability. You know, I'm looking at this thing. I'm cognizant of this tracker on my wrist every moment of the day. And I'm telling you that makes you and it motivates you to move. It really does. I'll give you another example. When I go grocery shopping or to the mall or anywhere, I mean, it's funny. I literally park far away from people. I I don't worry about finding the closest parking spot. I'm cool parking farther away because you know what? I'm getting more steps in, you know, if, if, if I'm with somebody and they need, they forget something, I'm always volunteering to go get it because I want to get more steps in. And all of that, I seriously mean this, that increased awareness of taking steps, which is done by having this thing on my wrist, you know, that stuff adds up. That stuff adds up. I bet you I add several thousand steps a day potentially because of my awareness of taking steps where otherwise I might, you know, for example, I might take a phone call and just be sitting on my couch and doing something like that. Instead, I'm like, oh, you know what? This is going to be a 15, 20 minute call with so-and-so. I'm going to walk around the neighborhood and again, a lot of that stuff is predicated because this Fitbit is, is on my wrist the entire time and it just makes me cognizant. All right, I'm going to share another trick of the trade with you. I do this once a quarter. It's a little bit gross. Nah, it's not really gross. That's kind of gross, actually. And you definitely need to make sure you are home for four or five hours when you do it. But one thing I love to do, and this is pretty funny because I've posted this on Facebook over the years and got some hilarious responses of people that that either either said, dude, that was awesome, I feel great, or people that cursed me out and said, oh my God, I was going to the bathroom for eight hours, I couldn't leave my house, I hate you, don't ever tell me to do anything again. But I drink a bottle of magnesium citrate. It's a 10-ounce bottle. Again, I'll find a link and I'll put it in the show notes, but it's called magnesium citrate. And basically this is what they used to use for colonoscopies before they created all, all kinds of other uh, remedies for colonoscopies or not remedies, preparation tactics for colonoscopies. But this magnesium citrate basically gives you diarrhea and it gets rid of everything residual that is in your colon, small intestine, large intestine, your entire digestive tract. And again, remember the digestive tract of the human body from mouth. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this word on my podcast, but the digestive tract from the human body from mouth to anus is 30 feet you got 30 feet of tubing inside your body. And so this magnesium citrate, what it really does is it basically drains all the excess water and it starts that process. And within about an hour, you know, you are going to the bathroom and it is, it is pretty much water. It's pretty much diarrhea. Sorry to be gross, but it is. But I'm telling you, it is... That first time it comes out, it's not gonna be a good, it's not gonna be a good time. But then after the second, third, fourth, you know, I track mine, so I probably have 
each time I take that 10 ounce bottle, and by the way, they're, they're really delicious to drink. There's lemon flavor, there's cherry flavor. So it's not difficult to take that bottle down. And it basically causes, you know, multiple cases of diarrhea. It, the process lasts probably five or six hours. Honestly, I've had people tell me it's lasted up until eight. That's why I'm saying, you know, maybe as we go into the winter holidays, if you have a Sunday where you're just watching football and you know, you're going to be home, Give this a try. It is really good. And, and I'll tell you that 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 first deposit that you make in your toilet, it's going to be dark brown. And just I know that's gross, but think about it. You just got all of that residual stuff, quote unquote, that is lining your intestinal tract. You got rid of all that. That all was inside your body. You got rid of all that. The second time, it's definitely going to be much lighter. Third and fourth time, you know, it gets to where it's, it's relatively clear. And that's when you know, you know, there's no residual feces lining inside your digestive tract. I know that sounds gross, but they're, you know, they say that we carry five, almost five pounds of feces in our body on a daily basis. I just looked it up. Yeah, it says... If the fecal matter is as dense as water, the average colon with its contents weighs around 2.6 kilograms, six pounds. So you take a pound of that for the colon, and then the rest is that fecal matter that's in there. So like, think about it. You've already gone to the bathroom for the day. You basically removed what you took in yesterday for the most part, but still there's residual stuff in there. And this magnesium citrate that I take it's awesome. I do it once a quarter. I really do. I do it four times a year and I love it. I love it. It's gross. I know, but it is really good for your body. You remove all that stuff that has been in there, uh, and has remained in there. It's all gone. You know, a lot of times people, will get something called diverticulitis where little seeds, there's little pockets that form almost think about it as like on the, on the linings of your colon, when the colon is, is toxic, when there's acidity in there, it, it forms these little pockets and then little pieces of food as it's going through your system gets stuck in those pockets. And then that becomes infected. I've had friends end up in the hospital with diverticulitis and it's not a, it's, it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Your body could go into, if it got really infected and got into the bloodstream, it'll go into something called septic shock, which is also known as sepsis. And we're going to talk about sepsis in another episode because sepsis is like, it's something that people don't really understand. And I, I will share a very personal experience with you. So gosh, this was in 2009, I believe. Yeah, 2009. My mom called me one day and she said, Hey, your dad is not, he's not, he's not feeling well. And it's weird. He's having a hard time communicating. And they had just gotten back from going to Palm Springs with a couple friends. And so it was a long weekend. It was a, I think it was a Memorial day or Labor day weekend. Anyway, I, I said, put him on the phone. And this is when I lived in Los Angeles and my parents were in Orange County. My dad got on the phone. I, I, could barely understand them. And I was like, okay, this is weird. So I literally got in my car and drove directly there. When I got there, he was, 
I mean, it was weird. It was so weird. He just was like completely out of it. it it's like he was drunk and high and just, just totally out of it, which obviously he was not drunk and high, but long story short, I immediately, and by the way, I wanted to recommend this, you know, if you ever get somebody that, that for no reason seems to just be completely out of it, mumbling, not able to talk, not able to really move, chances are there is an infection going on in their body and has gotten to the point where it has gotten into their bloodstream and started to spread. And this is what sepsis is. This is what going into septic shock is. That is an infection of the bloodstream. And basically that is exactly what had happened with my dad. And I really couldn't even get him to the car to take him to the hospital. So I called 911. 911 came. And thank God 911 came because obviously when you go to the hospital with an ambulance, you get taken right into the emergency room versus trying to check in yourself. And I'm not kidding. And the doctors told me this. They said, had you not called 911, had you guys ignored it, had you just thought it was a flu, your dad would absolutely have died overnight. Had you also gone into the emergency room instead of doing it through 911 and the ambulance, you know, who knows, he would have definitely collapsed in the emergency room. Now, maybe with that collapse, they would have been able to, you know, take him in right away. But the, the urgency of time was incredibly important in my dad's case. And what had happened was he had developed a slow leak in his appendix. And so over the weekend, while they were in Palm Springs, literally, you know, enjoying themselves, that slow leak started leaking, you know, infected bacteria into his bloodstream. And normally that process, they say after about 40 eight to 72 hours is where it kind of starts to shut your body down and shut the organs down. And that was exactly the timing. You know, had I not gone to Orange County that moment, my mom called, let's say we had, you know, not taken it seriously. He would have absolutely passed away from that because 350,000 adults a year pass away from sepsis or septic shock, you know, which is, crazy. 1.7 million develop sepsis inside the hospital. That's pretty crazy in and of itself. But anyway, I wanted to get the concept of sepsis and septic shock on your radar as well, because, you know, for a lot of us who have older parents, you've got to be aware of this stuff and you've got to be aware of your, your parents' symptoms and all that. So anyway, that's another interesting topic, but all right. Well, hey, you know, today was a follow-up to yesterday. We're coming up on 17 minutes. I did want to cover all those things that I did not cover yesterday. Um, lastly, in terms of sleep, I had a lot of people ask me, well, overall, how much sleep are you getting? I probably get about seven hours a night. That's what I try for. Like I said, that's why I also like wearing a Fitbit. I like tracking my sleep. I like knowing, you know, when I go to sleep, when I wake up, you know, it gives you the REM sleep and then your light sleep and all that. And, and I'll be honest, it's pretty accurate. It's definitely accurate as far as telling me when I went to bed, when I woke up and then seeing sort of my sleep cycles during the night. But that's why I highly recommend some type of tracker. And, you know, like I said, I do recommend weighing yourself every morning. I recommend accountability. I recommend keeping, you know, keeping track of all this stuff. Remember, try to sweat, 
like my boy Keith Sweat from back in the day. And what else? Drink water, get good sleep. You know, we haven't really talked about stress. We'll talk about that in, a, in another episode because obviously that is a huge trigger to so many things. Anyway, just remember the human body, honestly, what you put in and what you do, it makes an impact. You know, you can't, you can't abuse your body and eat like crap and not exercise and not move for 40 years, for 20 years, for 30 years, for 40 years, for 50 years, and then expect to be healthy. It just doesn't work that way. You know, it's very similar to a car, you know, even, even more so, obviously, you know, the, the body needs to be taken care of. And I will say, I don't think it's ever too late. You know, trust me, I understand losing weight is difficult. So if anybody out there is struggling with losing weight, please reach out to me. We'll kind of go through your diet together. I would totally invest as much time as needed to kind of go through your diet, put an exercise program together for you. And again, the, the best and simplest form of exercise is walking. That's something we can all do, you know, figure out a way to get those steps in every day. And for, for anybody that has no idea how many steps you take, I guarantee you it's a lot less than you think. And by the way, 10,000 steps for me is roughly 4.44 miles. So that's probably pretty accurate. So think about 10,000 steps as maybe four to four and a half miles. So that's awesome. You're moving four and a half miles every day. Now, on the days that I talked about yesterday, last last weekend, when I went 24,000 steps, that was literally like almost 12 miles. So think about that. I moved 12 miles that day. That That is definitely, it feels good. It really does feel good. So be aware of this stuff. We've got the holidays coming. I want you to fully enjoy the holidays. But like I said, another great tip from yesterday, go for a walk after a meal. If you can do that, if you can go for a walk after a meal, even for 10 minutes, I'm telling you that movement of the of the blood up and down your body will promote digestion and your body will just start functioning at a higher rate. All right, party people, enjoy the rest of your day or night Call a spade a spade. Take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. This episode was brought to you by Boost Liquid Vitamins. Wake up, take your boost, start your day. Drink your vitamins, build your immune system with Boost. Available on Boost.com.